Welcome to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. We bring a Lutheran point of view to conversations on the art of leading as a follower of Jesus, through valleys, over peaks, and on the waves, following his lead in the great Northwest. Hey, welcome to the Now Leading Podcast. I think you will really like this conversation. It's a little different than some of the ones that we've had on the podcast in the past. This is a recording of a conversation um, hosted by the Now Start Network about a church plant in Cuna, Idaho. And Pastor Tom and Pastor Matt, who um, work together with the leaders in their congregation to launch this new church plant. I think one of the things that I found really riveting about this conversation was um, how they work together in the process that goes into over a period of months and years of listening to one another, building trust, and working together to launch a new plant out of an existing church. If you're interested in that approach and in some of the behind-the-scenes thoughts and comments and behaviors and attitudes and values that go into that, then I recommend this podcast to you. Listen along as they have a conversation about starting new. We have with us uh, two pastors, uh, Tom Hausch and Matt Henry, who have together been working on a church plant in the CUNA community of Idaho, which is right outside of Boise. We also have with us Ty Schomer up in Alaska, who's one of our now start cultivators who will be conducting this interview and just giving us a little bit of insight into this new church plant and the LCMS and how we can be a part of something just like that as well. Ty's going to be interviewing Tom, who was called as a missionary at large by the Northwest District back in 1994 to plant a church in the Treasure Valley area of Idaho, which is the Boise area. Began as a small group meeting in a home. Eventually, they met in a senior center, then Eagle High School, before purchasing property in Meridian, Idaho. Friendship Celebration Lutheran Church officially chartered in October of 1998 and was the newest LCMS congregation in that Treasure Valley area. That is, until CUNA Lutheran Church was established, (laughs) just in the last year. Matt Henry joined Friendship Celebration in 2017. He has been a pastor in the Northwest District for 16 years, and sensing a desire to plant another church, uh, he joined Friendship Celebration, and as he and Tom defined roles and took advantage of the rapid growth the area was experiencing, uh, Matt became the senior pastor of Friendship Celebration, and Tom launched out to start this new church. Instead of just growing Friendship Celebration larger, uh, they saw themselves as needing uh, to multiply. To plant a new church, and that's just what happened. Uh, we're going to jump into this conversation and learn more from Matt and Tom on how that all took place. What went into the decision making to decide to plant a church in some? Well, first of all, how far away is Kuna from Meridian? I mean, it looks close on the map, but what is the distance? It's probably about 14 miles from uh, okay. from uh, Friendship Celebration. Okay. And when you guys were thinking about this new church plant start, um, what went into the decision-making process to create a new separate church versus just growing friendship um, in where it was? I think that was more of a, um, a, a strategic choice was, it was a unique situation we faced. I was coming in uh, to be the senior pastor and and Tom and I and the congregational president sat down. We had some initial conversations about um, my role and his role. Um, and because uh, Tom, you can speak to this too, of course, but he wanted, he still felt like God put it on his heart to plant another church. And I knew that that was something that 
obviously he was good at. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a, a job <laughs> or have a job here at Friendship, right? And the the circumstances were such where, where we just had those honest conversations of saying, all right, what would that look like? What would our roles be? We had to set up, I think, um, clear roles, clear boundaries, and a lot of trust and respect for one another, and make sure that this was about the kingdom. Um, and and uh, I think we forged a good partnership there. It was good for our, um, it was just a, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, a, a while into it, uh, the congregational president came back, um, maybe like a year into it, after things had, had were going and established, and he goes, this could have been a disaster. <laughs> and what he meant by that was just the, well, it, it could have been, but we're glad it wasn't. And it's just a matter of uh, following God's lead and um, making sure. And for me, I had Tom as a resource, which was valuable. Um, I didn't want him to go anywhere. And so we just found roles that worked for the both of us. Tom, was um, Friendship the first church start for you, or have you done a number of these? No, it, it was the first one. Um, actually, uh, the board of directors, well, I, I should back up a little bit. Um, the pastors in our district, probably in every district, are sent a questionnaire periodically asking, I think it's called a PIF, um, pastor information form. And one of the questions on that form was what in ministry would you like to try that you've never done before? And one of the things I thought of was planning a church. And um, shortly after that, Paul Schmidt from the Northwest District called me and said the board of directors uh, is going to extend you a call to start a church in the Treasure Valley in West Boise. And so Paul and I came out and uh, uh, on an uh, act of faith, I accepted the, uh, the call to start a church, not having done that before. And the Northwest District um, uh, sent me to a church planters uh, workshop in Fort Wayne and um, I think probably a year, year or two later, uh, I went to another one that was really helpful at Concordia University in Bronxville. A lot of the mission execs were there, including David Hoover from the Northwest District. And David was a super encouragement. And that workshop at, um, at Bronxville really helped us get our feet off the ground in organizing and uh, putting together the foundation for friendship celebration. So I hadn't done it before, but the, the mission execs and also the, 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 the person that uh, led the workshop did an excellent job in helping all of us. And we had a network afterwards uh, that went on for probably two years where we had conversations with other church planters. So did you you did you go to those workshops prior to accepting the call or did no you... no after I had accepted the call here okay so they accept the call and then you go okay well what do I do now and <laughs> go to the yeah. workshops and what were some of the activities that they uh, you know um, taught you to do I mean how, what what are the actual logistics and activities of launching a church well I think I think what you 
what you do is you, you draw up the uh, put together a mission statement and also a vision statement. And in our original vision statement for Friendship Celebration, we indicated that we wanted to be a church planting church. And CUNA was not the first place. We had looked at a couple other places, and I think Randy Benskoder was with us when we went to Garden Valley because there was a, a Lutheran principal that retired in that area, and I forget his name, but we talked to him and kind of encouraged him, and a number of pastors uh, came up to Garden Valley with us. We met about this, and um, nothing really came of it. And... Uh, so we thought of other areas, and I know uh, Matt is thinking about this too. There are a lot of smaller communities around Boise where church planting is a possibility. Garden Valley, of course, would be one. Star, Middleton. But CUNA is, is the one that is growing the greatest. And I looked into that 2010, and I just didn't, I didn't know how to do it with the responsibilities that were going on at Friendship Celebration. Well, and Kuna had the support of Friendship, and there was right. a cadre of people that were going to start that. So there was a core that was already, that was going to act as the foundational piece for that Kuna plan, correct? Yes. When you first went to Treasure Valley, and there was not that, what did you do to get, did you just hang a shingle, build it, and they will come? Or what were some of the activities that you did when you started friendship from nothing? Well, I contacted, I contacted churches in um, the Magic Valley. I contacted, contacted all the churches in the Treasure Valley and asked for suggested names, people maybe who had become inactive or delinquent. I got some names from uh, Magic Valley of sons and daughters who lived in the Treasure Valley uh, as well as from Ontario, I called on a called on hundreds of people, and a lot of church dropouts um, really weren't interested in starting a church. About the same time, uh, Saint Paul's, uh, the founding church in the Boise area, closed, and we re we received a number of people as the years went by from that congregation, but. It basically was walking around the community, drinking a lot of lattes and connecting with people. And finally, a lot of disappointment. I mean, it, it took us um, to, to start our first nurture group at probably, and that's what we called the groups at, at the time, nurture groups. It took us a long time to gather our, um, 10 people together. And it, it also took us, um, two years before we had 40 people in worship. And now after one year, we have approximately 70 constituents, people that participate on a given month. That's in CUNA. Yeah. yeah. CUNA. CUNA, I'll get it right. One of the things that you guys did in deciding to go to CUNA um, is you canvassed the, the area, you had a small base to grow from. Can you give us a little bit of, you know, when I first met you two, it was two years ago at a Now Start Network conference, and it's been two, two and a half years since. Can you give us a sense as to um, 
how self-sustaining CUNA is um, or where it's at in that life cycle and what that life cycle was since you had a core foundation to start with versus what you initiated with friendship. Okay, with friendship, um, Warren Schumacher became district president or yeah, district president at the same time I came and the district actually made a commitment to me to support me for at least three years. So um, I, was, I was on the district salary scale for actually for five years altogether, but uh, Friendship Celebration started contributing to the district uh, for my salary. But a couple of years after, um, probably five or seven years, Warren came and spoke to our congregation. It was at some special event. And he said, we just can't start churches the way we started Friendship Celebration. The best way to start a new church is for a church, established church, to plant a church. And so the, the, the biggest benefit that we received from Friendship Celebration was a core of about 20 to 30 people who lived in the CUNA area. And along with their bodies, they brought their support. So our first year, um, I think I'm, I, I can be pretty accurate about this. The first year from October uh, of 2019 to the following year, we have been totally self-supporting. We've covered all our bills. Uh, my salary is, has been a stipend. It's, I have, I'm, I'm getting retirement from Concordia uh, retirement plans and social security and so forth. And the stipend, with the stipend, I, you know, it's pretty much equivalent to the salary I had before. And, uh, and of course, that's going to be more challenging when we call a full-time pastor. But we have been fully supported for this coming year, Friendship Celebration has committed to us $3,000 a month, which we're going to be putting in a building fund or a property search fund. But uh, we have good support from the people that, the core people that are there. What was the size of Meridian when you got to the point where you thought it might be okay to establish this CUNA plan? Um, was there some, what, I guess I'm trying to circle into it, you know, what point did you think you had economies of scale to do that, um, both in terms of finances and bodies? Matt, I don't know. I think just in our discussion, Matt asked me, well, what do you want to do? And um, <laughs> in this transition period, what, what, what would you like to do? And I said, well, I'd like to support you. I don't want to totally retire. And in one of those conversations that Matt and the president of our congregation had, I mentioned I had been thinking a long time about, uh, about CUNA. And even before that, we had talked about Garden Valley. Um, yeah, the demographics are so favorable that there's so many people growing, uh, moving here. The, the cities are growing almost too fast uh, so that the wind's really in our sails in any direction in Boise. And, and so it had a large degree, I think, as to not only what, but when, the timing of it. Right, Tom? I mean, it was, it was just blowing up as fast as it could. And so we decided to get on it sooner rather than later. 
Okay, so it was more recognizing the opportunity than it was, you know, um, analyzing the resources of Meridian towards that or some combination of the both, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and, you know, as you two, you know, Matt comes on as senior pastor. Obviously, you're still there, Tom. Matt says, okay, well, what do you want to do now? Um, we get the CUNA plant started. And then Matt talked earlier about, you know, the roles and kind of defining that. What are some of the things that, that people that are considering this should be sensitive towards so that it doesn't blow up um, and, and, it, and there's clear communication and it's, it's a supportive relationship and not one that grows adversarial? I think just staying close to each other and being in communication. I, I, it's really not magical other than that, just making sure there's a lot of trust and respect and openness that's going flowing both directions. Um, I have utmost respect for Tom um, in, in the work that he's done and uh, continues to do. So just being appreciative, is a, that's the right stance, like the, that's the right uh, approach for him, uh, for me to take to him. Um, and Tom's very supportive for me as I think as a coworker, we try and work as a team. We should also mention we have a great DCE on staff at Friendship uh, with uh, Brett Lindemood. And so the three of us in lead, uh, as a ministry team, I think we work pretty well. All of that is to say the roles has changed as we think about the last three years, the roles changed a lot. It's just been a lot of adjusting and, um, and, and that's, that's good. That's something to, to appreciate too. So being flexible, being, being in communication. Could I, could I shoot in with a quick question, guys? Do sure. you, do you do, um, as you team minister, this team ministry thing, do you swap pulpits and kind of pastor each other's groups from time to time, or is it you really keep your separate spaces? We haven't uh, we haven't gone on field trips yet or anything like that, um, and and so I've kind of just taken the role of holding down the fort at Friendship, and we send Tom out for CUNA. And that's it's. I think we're open to um, switching. Uh, that would be that would be kind of good to do uh, as as. At, at some point, but it's been pretty distinctive so far. You guys focus, both Friendship was founded on, and it's a big part of CUNA's congregation to focus on life groups um, or formerly nurture groups. Can you talk just a little bit about what those look like and how are they effective and not clicky? What, is, what do those look like? Well, I guess our nurture groups way back 25 years ago, um, I think uh, the encouragement I was receiving from the mission exec, Paul Schmidt, was do small groups. And I, you know, I had been doing small groups in other churches before, but not with the idea of beginning a church. Matt, you maybe can help me on this. I think it was in May of nine, uh, 2018 that Matt encouraged Brett and I to attend a, uh, a workshop with him in Post Falls and it was called uh, Real Life Discipleship. And they called their groups life groups. And so we took this training, and it was kind of a refresher for me of what we had, what we had done before. And the idea is that these groups would grow. And so we started a group uh, in September of 2018. And that group met for... Um, a year and that the initial group 
of 10 people grew to about 22 people in a year and a couple of months. And that group split. And uh, just about the time, well, it split January uh, of 2020. So we had met just a little bit over a year and that group split to four different groups. And then COVID came along. The groups continued continued to meet and um, then there were issues with people being exposed to COVID. Sometimes a group would be canceled for a week or a couple of weeks. And uh, basically now um, three, one group uh, completely folded. And now we have three groups with about 35, 40 people in those three groups. They, they, they are they still meet meeting. you worship? No, they meet in homes. Okay. And the, the purpose is, you know, a couple of guys in my group are brand new Christians. They're, they've been Christians for a couple of years. And um, one by the name of Jim says, you know, what church is really about. Because we, sh we share our lives. We do scripture lessons together. We pray for people that we would like to join the group. And probably the maximum size of a group should be about 12 people. But we got up to about 22 and that's when we, it's always hard to give birth to another group because people have trusted one another. And, um, but the, the message that needs to be communicated constantly is that we, we, are, we exist to give birth to groups. And that's kind of the attitude that churches should have too. We exist to expand the church. And that's how the New Testament church grew. That's why we have all these letters in the New Testament of where Paul went planting churches. Yes, I've seen uh, church groups, well, in my own congregation. We have a very, very nice church group, but it's never been able to split because everybody values their relationships and it's not outwardly focused as it needs to be as much. It's more internally focused. Um, so, But that message is one that just has to be from the beginning then that we're doing this so that we can create more of these. Having babies is painful. And I think that's, you know, we gravitate on Sunday morning. We gravitate to the people that we know that we've become acquainted with. So I think as church leaders, the message of connecting, reaching out needs to be re repeated and repeated and repeated because somebody reached out to us to connect with us. If you guys are open to it, um, what are maybe a couple of things that you would have done differently through this process? Or what did you have to learn the hard way? <laughs> That's an interesting question. What would we have done differently? I guess one thing we, this actually ended up being like a, a we tried to do something differently. Tom, we, we wanted to meet at a different location. We were going to meet in CUNA at a it was called the old school gym, which is exactly what it is. It's one of those old, old buildings in CUNA. It was historic. Um, Tom and his crew, they went down there and they painted it because they were just going, they're going to use that. There was a good way of building rapport in the community. And it ended up that they couldn't use that building anymore. Or was it that we couldn't Tom, or they just said, why don't you use the high school instead? Yeah, that's, um, that's and so that's what the it was a mistake, but not well, not much such a mistake. But God used that. The city of Cuna took notice, and they credited 
what all the labor and the paint and the project that they did at the old school gym. And they credited that for rent at CUNA High School. So that was huge. And it was a great, and I'm not saying that was a mistake, but that wasn't the plan. And so I'm glad it turned out that way. Tom, when you started um, CUNA, did you reach out to the community, you know, the uh, elected community, the mayors, um, city representatives? Um, did you have dialogue with them or was that really not necessary? All of the above. Met the okay. mayor, met the economic development person who's a, a very committed Christian. Uh, she's been pointing us in the direction of properties that might be available. Uh, rode with the uh, sheriff's department, spent a, a shift, you know, trying to get a, a familiar with the community. There was an event that's called CUNA Days, and we participated in that. One of our members has a real old John Deere tractor, and we pulled a wagon behind that filled with all kinds of um, people that were going to be a part of the start. LWML got involved and, and helped us with a booth that was a part of the CUNA Days celebration, made connection with, with people there. Um, at least two families, maybe more, um, became connected with the mission because of CUNA Days. Um, LWML helped us in this old school gym that, that Matt mentioned. They helped us start a, uh, or have a vacation Bible school there. And that's when the uh, person who was in charge of the CUNA school district uh, said, we really need to have this building painted, but we really can't afford it. So we've been in the high school, and, and during the time we were talking about the old school gym, he showed me the high school facility, and uh, he said, you know, you can use this just as well. And so we've been in the high school facility for over a year. We haven't paid a penny rent. So we're up to about seven seventy-five hundred dollars in rent-free. So I, you know, I, I've been trying to think of how I would have done things differently. But basically, the way we started um, the mission in CUNA is very similar to the way we started Friendship Celebration. Matt, um, pivoting to you a little bit, and this isn't directly related to the CUNA plant, but um, in our dialogue, as I got to know you and what your path has been a little bit, that you are uh, a pastor who has used quite extensively um, the coaching offerings that the district has, you're active, you use PLI, D2MC, um, you're active with DUST. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of what of some of those resources, how they've impacted you and, and how they manifest themselves in, in, in how you serve? I feel very blessed to have all those uh, experiences. So PLI was 2007 is when I started that. I, we were in the same collegial group. Um, but also, and I'm just starting D2MC uh, just uh, just as of uh, last fall. Uh, so just getting going in that. But I think collectively, what I'll just say about all those experiences is that they gave me a lot of confidence and traction um, and just helped me navigate um, situations like this. So that, that was helpful. Uh, and, and in particular, um, each of the congregations that I've served, I've served three in the Northwest District, uh, Trinity, Oregon City, Faith Lacey, Washington, 
and, and now at Friendship. And each of those are all medium-sized churches. So there seems to be, uh, I don't know, a skill set or a, there's something that's, um, we were worshiping before COVID, we were worshiping about 300 on a Sunday. That's the size of that, that we were at. And there seems to be something about that level where you can do things. And I think going back to the, the choice that we made as a congregation to, to send and launch CUNA, uh, that fit with me as a leader just because I knew that um, we could do more for the kingdom if we just uh, thought outside ourselves. Um, and, and there seemed to be, uh, I was very comfortable with that. That seemed like the right thing to do. When we first mentioned uh, in that conversation about a, a church plant, I can't, I can't tell you anything, but that it just felt right. Like when it was mentioned, it was like, wah, like there it is. Because I, uh, it was, it just seemed right. Like God had, had, had totally planted that idea um, and it was the right thing for us. Um, with that and you two were on the same page early on. So this was an easy thing for both of you to work together towards. Um, but was there any, and I'm thinking back to canoeing the mountains, people are often afraid of what they might lose with the change. Um, was there any reluctance with the, with, the, you know, with the congregation? I mean, there was some hesitance, like, oh, we're sad to lose these people. And we kind of had to adjust that thinking. We're like, look, we're not losing anyone. This is ascending. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing. And, and thinking in terms more of the kingdom rather than the congregation. Um, and I think that was that went as well as it did because Tom had built into the people that, that sense of mission that was in their DNA. They understood it, that this was what it was about, something greater than themselves. So there wasn't really too much resistance to that idea. And I will say this, some, for some, and I'm not necessarily, this is, a, this is a good thing, but they're very attached to Pastor Tom because he's been there uh, for several decades. And here I am, a new guy. Um, and some people did not want to, to leave Pastor Tom. Um, now, that's not the best motivation. I, I think the mission in the kingdom is the best motivation, but they had that connection. And rather than having to, Tom to leave, they were still able to stay connected with him if they wanted to. If they wanted to help support him in this effort, they still could. And that wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. So we just tried to harness that and, and channel that energy in a way that, that helped. So it, it sounds like, if I'm hearing you correctly, that there was a fairly long runway in terms of building into the congregation this expectation that we are looking outward and not inwardly. And if we've got folks that maybe don't have as keen a sense of that in their congregation, it's probably, or would you say it's probably best to take some reasonably long period of time to get that baked into the DNA? I would definitely, yeah, prepare. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this takes a process. This is time. But, um, but at the same time, you, it's, it's kind of like, well, God is, God's the mover, right? He, this, here's this wave that's rising up. So are we just going to sit on the shore um, or, and, and watch it? Or are we going to paddle out there and just ride the wave? I mean, we don't make the waves, right? We, we ride the waves and I just, it just seemed like the time was right. And, and so, yeah, prepare, but when God's ready to go, you go. And we didn't, um, how much, I'd also like to say how much we did not have figured out when we started, you know, if you wait for the answers, you'll never do it. Um, 
if you wait for everything to be in place, you'll never become a parent, right? I mean, getting back to that, that having babies thing. I mean, you just, it just happens. You, you learn as you go and you do what you have to because you have to. Um, so there's been a lot of, of discovery along the way too. So Matt, I'm gonna jump in here for a minute. Uh, part of that encouragement for your congregation was, was a little creative uh, song you wrote about what was gonna happen in Kuna. Cuna, uh, sorry, uh, Tom, thanks for correcting us on that. Could, could you share that with us? I'm excited to see this and, and hear how this came about. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, this, the inspiration for this is straight from Dustin Kunkel because the big question was, what are we going to name the church, the, or the mission the, the, in Cuna? And uh, Dustin said, I know, you should name it Matata. Um, and <laughs> and I, I never thought of that. But Dustin, you are the inspiration behind this. So um, we, we officially launched uh, in October 2019. So that means in September 29th, 2019, that was the farewell, like the sending. Um, and, and I'll just throw this in here too. We still see CUNA people from time to time. We see them for like midweek services or special services like Christmas Eve because the, the high school isn't open. So there's that intermingling and that's good too. But we still had to give them a, a proper sending. And so I wrote a song uh, that's a parody or spoof to, to from the Lion King, Hakuna Matata. And um, that is something that I just penned out um, and uh, we, I asked Tom if he'd be willing to help me sing a part of it or, and the worship team, we got the congregation. So if you want to throw it up on the screen, I know if someone has it. You can see what I mean. You better um, throw it up there now. Yeah, because I figure with a name like Friendship Celebration, we try to be a fun church. Uh, and I wanted this to be like a joyful occasion. Um, nothing, nothing sad at all. This was, this was exciting for us. And so on the left-hand column of your screen, uh, that is the the lyrics from Disney, the movie uh, Lion King. On the right hand is, is what uh, I wrote. And Tom was such a great sport because um, there's that spoken part in the middle. Um, but I kind of changed a little bit. Just, you know, why when, when, instead of why when he was a young warthog, I said, why when Tom was an old pastor? And this was Tom's moment when he says, when I was an old pastor, you know, that was, and of course people laughed and it was just something fun to do. Uh, and if the soundtrack is playing in your minds, I hope this song makes sense to you. Um, and then the, uh, what's bolded, um, that was for the congregation. So I had the worship team, I had Tom, I had the congregation and, and uh, we all, just went with it and it was it was a good good sending so this was baked into the a uh, formal worship service yeah and, this was right by the prayers you know right and, and did you have other activities around this that were also included in this sending there was some kind of reception between services i think as well so i, I have one I think, more question for you guys oh sorry go ahead matt no i i mean there was opportunity for people to help out like with VBS or the parade and CUNA. Um, those were, those were all in ways that we involved people. So is, is the church in CUNA, is, is it kind of a mirror of friendship celebration or is it, is it different? Is it distinct? What's different about the ministry in CUNA? So maybe that's a question for you, uh, Tom, as you started it, did you think of this as this is new, it's different. It's got a different mission. It's got a different look, a different feel. Or is it really 
uh, friendship celebration now uh, 14 miles in a different direction? I think, I think the older I get, the more risk I'm willing to take. What do you got to lose? Uh, Willow Creek has a Bible study that's called, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. <laughs> and I'm ready to try a whole lot of different things. I dress very casual at Friendship Celebration. Probably in the 25 years that I was there, I wore a robe or an alb in a stole maybe five or six times. Sunday morning, I wore a suit. Now I just wear an untucked shirt. The Sunday before and after Christmas, I wore a suit and people said to me, uh, I almost didn't recognize you. Because, and I feel well, the feedback I, I, I receive from people in the groups is that the casual appearance and the, and the casual style makes people more, I think, even more receptive to how authentic you are. You know, I, I know I'm talking probably to a lot of uh, pastors who are still very formal in style, and that's fine. And I did that for 25 years, but for the last 25 years, probably half the people call me Tom. They don't call me Pastor Tom anymore. And I... I I feel that's comfortable for me. It's comfortable, com more comfortable for the people that I'm trying to connect with. Some people will never get over the formality of calling the pastor by his by the title pastor or reverend or whatever. But um, I just I I I guess the way I'd answer your question is that we become less formal than Friendship Celebration. No one has ever accused us of being overly formal at Friendship Celebration. We have not suffered that accusation. Yeah. You just listened to the Now Leading Podcast hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. Leadership conversations from a Lutheran point of view for Christian leaders of all kinds. Take a moment after this podcast and with everything you've just heard in mind, consider at least one action you will take. Then go and make it happen.